0: The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masiket Chikalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe Ben-Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masiket Chikalim will be a a ilui neshama for the neftar Moshe ben Rachel tihi neshmatot zilura bitzol hachayim, Amen, Amen. Daf Yud, today's Daf has been dedicated by Mr. Raymond Esses one of the uh, charter members of our Daf Hayumi group yes. The is what Raymond, may God bless him v'zad Hashem v'zera hayah v'kayamah uh is being studied We begin to Rizdaf on the amud bet right at the beginning of the new Perek Perek starting at the Mishnah. And the Mishnah asks, ma'aya, o, osim ba. What did they do with the Terumah? Meaning all these shekels that they collected, what did they do with the money? So the Mishnah answers, ba First of all, they brought with the money's kurban tamid that was brought every day, Tamid Shil and Tamid Ben Arba'im, as well as the Musaf of Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, and Yamim Tobin, Ben and the wine that was poured on the Mizbayah as well. Ha-Omer, Omer was a Kurban that was brought on the second day of Pesach, from the first cutting of the barley in the field, and of course it was ground into flowers, was made into a minha. some of it was put on the Mizbayah, and the Shirayim of the Omer was eaten by the Qohani, Ste'alechem uh, was the uh, loaves of bread that were brought on the holiday of Shavuot. That also came from public funding from the shekalim. is the showbread that were on the table uh, from week to week. They would change it Shabbat. To Shabbat. The Shabbat the would eat the lechem ha panim. For that matter, all korbanot ha would be included. Now, some say that might be including the ketoret as well and the melach, the salt that was also used to put on all the korbanot. Shomre They used to have watchmen during the shemitah year watching the growths that grew during the shemitah. Again, during the Shemitah year, they still had to bring Kurban Omer, They still had to bring Sh'te'a Lechem. So they needed wheat from the fields. The problem is that the wheat in the fields of Shemitah are Hifkir, And therefore, people are going to rummage through the fields and take everything. Or animals are just going to eat everything in the field. So you needed guards to at least protect some of the produce so they could use it for the usage of the ha HaMikdash. So they called these guys Shumre Sifihin the ones that were watching Sifirin. Sifirin are things that grow by themselves, because you cannot plant during the Shemitah. But anything that grows by itself is also forbidden. But you were able to use it for the Metta Mekdash purposes for Omer and Shtayal lechem. So if we had guards watching the, um, the Sifirin. Actually, according to most of the we were really watching them from animals. Because uh, human beings already would know that uh, they would have to keep away from these because they were designated for the Betel Magdash. Yes. In any event, they get paid for doing their service from the Trumat uh, from the Shekalim that they collected. Rabbi mitnadev Shomir So Rabbi Yosea says that the watchman can even do it as a service. Meaning shomer Hanam not to get paid. Now, what's the tradition of Rabbi Yosea? Why does he allow him to do it for free? The Hattushah is like this. By allowing him to do it for free, there's a chance that now, by him standing there, he is going to acquire the uh, growths in that field. Because he's not getting paid to watch for higdish, He's doing it on his own uh, volunteer service. So therefore, the concern would be what? That let's say the wheat now belongs to him. Because since he's standing there looking at it, so he makes an acquisition. Now the Biyosah's Chantush is that when he gives it over to the Beta HaMikdash, you could assume that he gives it over wholeheartedly. Because again, these have to come from Sibur. it cannot come from Yaqid. So the Hadush of the Biyosay is that even if he's doing it for free, and by thereby he'll be called, let's say, to own it first and then give it over to the... It's still okay because we assume he gave it over wholeheartedly. So the rabbis came along and said, What do you mean to be? You'll say, You agree it has to come from Sibur, and therefore, how could you allow him to be a Shomer Hanam? We don't trust that he's going to give it over wholeheartedly, and therefore, it's going to be a problem. But by making him a Shomer Sachar, by paying him, so now already he's working for Iglesh. So therefore, he cannot make a personal acquisition on these. So whatever he's taking, it's really as as a sharia for there. So therefore, uh, that's the way the rabbis say. The rabbis say he must be a Shomer sachar, meaning get paid. Whereas the says he even can be a Shomer Hinnam. Let's read the Taklim Hatin quickly on this Mishnah. It's on the uh, three lines at the bottom. Whatever they collected from the the Shkaf. Also, the growths that grow in the Shemitah by themselves, from whatever seeds they left in the field, or whatever wheat that they left in the field, and they gave payment to a watchman in order to make sure that the animals don't trespass and ruin all the wheat, mm-hmm. because these items can only come from the new crop. Yeah. And therefore, you can use last year's crops, you have no problem, but these have to come from the new crop. So therefore, you need to preserve some of the new crop for these two types of korbanot, and that's to come from Israel as well. They couldn't import the wheat from and since this is for the this is part of the Korban, because there was a Korban that was brought with the Omer as well, and a Qurban that was brought with the Ishteya Lechem. It's considered like a Korban Therefore, you can use the shekalim for this item, because shekalim de- generally are designated for Korbanot. These items are considered sort Qurban, of Korban, because they were brought with the Korban, so therefore you can use the Shekaleem. The even though he was koneh the wheat. In the field, when he was watching them for free, the bio says that a korban yahid can change into a korban sibur just by giving it over wholeheartedly. Which is the korban yahid rabbis were answering according to their shita. They were saying, "What do you mean? Don't you hold that has to be given over to the simur? And therefore, once he personally owns it, he's not going to give it." Over. Over, maybe full hardly, and therefore we have a problem. So, if the hachamim said that's the remain a Shomed Sacha de Maskepet. Now we begin the Gemara. The Gemara says. (coughs) Okay. Actually, we have a Hagot Agra right in the beginning of the Gemara. Taman Taninan. We learned over there in Masichet Ta'anit. Zman HaTzeh Kohanim, the times that the uh, certain families as we're going to discuss used to donate the wood for the Maracham. They used to donate the wood to the Beit HaMikdash. Nine families uh, were generous, and they began the donations for the wood in order to fuel the Mizbayah That was called Zman HaTzeh Kohanim, the times that the wood were given uh, to the Beit HaMikdash. So it says... Uh, let me just get the proper uh, text over here Again Okay, read it like that, let's say Why are these cases, these nine days That the people used to give the Korban of the Aitzim um, Why are they necessary to be counted in the days that were considered Yom Tov in the Bet HaMikdash? There were certain days that were considered Yom Tov, meaning the uh, members that used to join in the Bet HaMikdash, uh, the Qanin, the Levim, the (coughs) Sayedim, they would uh, have certain prayers that they would pray every day to pray that their brothers Kurbanot would be accepted in the Beit HaMikdash. On certain days, however, their prayers were curtailed, they were shortened because it was considered Yamim Tovim. So one of these days was to consider the day that the woods were donated. So the Geburah asks, Why did they consider these days? Uh, what's so special about uh, these days over here? Oh, so when the Jewish people came from the exile in the times of Ezra, they and there was no wood in the treasury of the Beth Magdash. This is the second Beit HaMikdash So these families got up And they donated uh, voluntarily from their own And they gave them over to the Sibur <coughs> And from these wood they brought from them korbanot wood, public korbanot the and so the prophets that were amongst them hagai zecharyan malachi they made a condition even in a time where the uh, treasury is going to be filled with wood the do elum that they brought and still these families will come and donate from their own elam the korban will be accepted from their wood first they got right. You know, to donate first, because they were around when we needed them, so therefore in the subsequent years even if we had wood, these families over here would get special uh, preference, that we would accept oh, their right. qurban to go first So Comes mm-hmm. says, Amar Rabi Acha, This Mishnah must be going like Rabbi Yosef, which means, over here these people were giving personal wood that belonged to them <coughs> they were giving it to the Beit HaMikdash. And the Beit HaMikdash accepted it. As what? As a donation for the Sibur. Because the wood has to be given to the Sibur for the Kurbanot Sibur. So what do you see over here? That an individual can give something to the Sibur for the Sibur. And we're not worried that he's not going to give it over wholeheartedly. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yosei the Mishnah that said, you don't have to pay the Shomer Sifihin of Shibi'it. Why? Because even if they acquire the uh, products of the field when they give it over to the bet that we assume they gave it over Belev shalem, and it was considered given to the sibur. But it's not going like hachamim, because hachamim said that an individual cannot give something over for the sibur. So therefore, this is a proof. This mishnat of Rabbi Yose. So comes and says Rabbi Yose b'shem Rabbi Ila said. Now, this mishnah Ta'ani can be going according to everybody, even according to the Ma Hagganim. Where did Rabbanan and Rabbi Yosef Hamishnah argue? Bigufos shel korban. They only argue when you're bringing an actual korban itself, or the actual omir, which is the which is the item itself, or the shte lechem, which is the considered like the uh, animal itself, avad be But on something that is a machshireh, that is a um, it's a, it, 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 it's a preparation for the sibud. Everybody agrees that a Yahid can give it and it can turn from Yahid to Sibur. Which means in this case over here we're talking about the wood. The wood is considered a makshir. And the logical view is like this. When it comes to a Qurban, it has to be from the Sibur. And if it's not from the Sibur, it's Pasul. Therefore, the rabbis were mahmir. They said that Yahid cannot give it over to the Sibur because he might not give it over full hardly. And therefore, the Quran has be Pasul even Bidi But a makhshir, the like has to be from the Sibur as well. But if it's not Bidi Abad, it's okay so that the rabbis would not mahmir by makshidim. For example, in this case of the wood, even the rabbis will say, it's okay, that they can give the uh, wood from private... Stock And it can be given over to the Sibur And we assume that they'll give it over Oh, hardly We don't make a Yezerah Tani, we learn to the Tosafta, Isha That's about the mother of a Kohen She made a ketonet for the Kohen Her son was a Kohen And she herself made the uh, Tunic that the Kohen Gado Or the Kohen wears Keshira. So we say it's Keshira And shetim She's the sibur. So long as she gives it to the sea, because the clothes of the Kwanim also must come from public funding. So, just so long as she gives it over wholeheartedly, it's okay. So, I'm about to be aha to the say. Again, this must be going like the of Al Mishnah to the Omer Sim the dev Hanam, just like we said in Al Mishnah that you can have the watchman who's a Shomin Hanam, because even if he acquires the produce in the field, he'll give it over. Hold we sold to this mother of the Kohen when she's giving over the Ketonet to the Kohen, we can assume that she's giving it over to the Sibud. Hold if we have no problem So we want to say that this is a proof to Rabbi Yoseh. Comes says Rabbi Rabbi Akoli. So Rabbi Ilah comes and says, no. We can even say this is going like (laughs) See? ma perigina what are they arguing on Chachem and Rabbi Yosef bigufo shil they are arguing when it comes to the actual korban itself for example the actual sacrifice or the lechem or the, the omit mm-hmm. however on the korban but things that are preparatory kol amam od korban the korban simur and therefore this case over here is considered a makshir because it's the tunic that the Quran is wearing that's considered a makshir to the korban therefore even the rabbis will agree that a Yahid can give it over to the it and we don't suspect that they might not be it over wholeheartedly. Kamsul Gibran says, Matnitin Peligi al Rabbi Yosef. Now, actually, so this is a different Gersa'ot of Some have it, Peligi al Rabbi Aha. That's the one that Taklin Hatin had. Rabbi Aha was the one that wanted to say that the, um, that Rabbi Yosef uh, Rabbi Achah was the one that wanted to say that the cases above of the mother making the Kohen's uh, tunic or the case of the wood, those are only going like Rabbi Yose in the Mishnah and not like Hachamin, which means according to Rabbi Yose, Rabbi Achah, he did not make a difference between Makhshirin. Totally. A yahid, to give something, it's whether it's the actual Quran itself, or no even not. if it's a makhshirim, rabbis don't make a difference. So the gemara, according to the krisah of the taklira atin, is we have a statement that's right. That's right. arguing against the Biaha. How? What's the statement? But, tana yameen, those days that we considered a yom tov, those were the days that they gave the would we consider them a Yom Tov, as I explained to you. That the Ansheh Ma'amad would cur- curtail their prayers because of, you know, the special uh, day that they brought the Qurban. That was called Qurban Ha'atziyim. So on those days, no ha'igim. Bishat these days applied during the times of the Beta Baghdash, when they actually needed the wood, Bishat And even after the Qurban Beta where there was no Betta Bagdash, these days were still considered Yamim Tovim. No. It only applies at the time of the Qurban itself. The odd min what's the proof over here? So we want to say over here from the fact that we're saying that these were such holidays, that they even lasted after the Usman of the Beit HaMikdash, must be, we consider this as what? A Kurban Sibur. And therefore this is a proof to uh, Rav, Aha, Rav, uh, Rav Ila, that said that according to hakamim when they give over the wood for a... Uh, even for the Makshirim, it's considered they're giving it over to the Sibur, and therefore we have no suspicion. Therefore since it's considered like... Giving it over to the Shibur, that's why the rabbis went so far to say, we're going to make a holiday on this, even after the Beit HaMikdash is not around anymore. Furthermore, the Oud bin Hada, and furthermore, we have another proof, Netanya, Anu So the rabbis said, we came from the family of San'ab bin Yamin that our day to donate the wood was on the 10th day of Av. So, Abu Yami was a family, and their day was on the 10th of Av. And what happened? They had to Shabbat. One year, Shabbat fell out on Shabbat. So, they had to push the Shabbat to the next day, Sunday, which was the 10th of Av. So, what happened to their uh, Qurban? How could you make a Yom Tov unto Shabbat? Which means, and they pushed the fast to Mutsah Shabbat, meaning to Sunday, and therefore, But what? They fasted but they did not complete the fast again what do you see that these were descendants of the family that used to bring the korban obviously it was the time when the Beit HaMikdash was not around anymore and still what still you saw that they didn't complete the fast wow. to which they still celebrated these days long after the Beta HaMikdash was not around again the Shabbat was on Shabbat they pushed the out. Uh-huh. so the rabbi said yeah but that was our day We knew from the history that this was the day our family donated the Qurban of So what did we do? We fasted, but we didn't. Mashlim. So what do you see from over here? You see from over here a proof to of Ilah, that the rabbis agree, the rabbis agree, the banan, that when you donate the Yitzim to the uh, Beit HaMikdash, even though it came from a yaqid, it's considered like a Qurban Sibur. Because if you didn't consider this uh, donation as a Qurban Sibur, so we would, and of course, why do you suspect that you might not give it over wholeheartedly? Uh-huh. Why then do we make such a holiday for these families even after the Mehta Mekdash was destroyed? But Which means if you just consider they didn't they, eat. the fact that they didn't eat. Right, the fact that they, that they, that they broke their fast, and the fact that they still celebrated these days as Yom Tov, way after, so therefore that shows us what, that this was really considered Qurban Sibur. Mm-hmm. So, right? A- right, it's not just a, a, a makhshir, but it was necessary for the, it's considered as part of the Qurban Sibur as well, and therefore they celebrated it later. The proof of the uh, statement is like this. This statement over here, that the Yahideen brought Korban, and that they treated it as a holiday even after the Bet HaMikdash. And the Benissan family also did not complete the first on Asar Av, where there was a first they proclaimed because their family, that was the day in history that their family gave the Qur'an A'zim. That statement was going in the Shitav of the Rabbanan. Now if that's going in the statement of the, the Sheetah of the Rabbanan, that means that Ilah is correct because Rabbi Ilah was the one that said that the Rabbis hold that a Makhshir that's given to the Bet HaMikdash if it's given even by Yahid, it's accepted wholeheartedly. Because according to the Biyoseh, I mean, Ravachah, this could only be going like the Biyoseh. Because the Biyoseh is the one that said an individual can give it over wholeheartedly. But it cannot be going according to Rabbanan. But we know that this statement was even said by the Rabbanan. So therefore that's a proof according to Rav'ilah, uh, that says what? That when the Yahid gives it over, uh, if it's a mashir, the rabbis will agree that it can be given over wholeheartedly. Comes the Gemara and continues So we said what? That the Omer and the two loaves of bread of Shavuot and the Lechem of And all the Korban of the Sibur come from the money of Shekalim Comes the Gemara and says We Korbanot the Yaqid and Sibur All Korbanot the Yaqid and uh, Korbanot Whether it's private Korbanot Or public Korbanot It can come from uh Animals or produce From Eretz Yisrael Or from produce Quds Min hadash It can come from the new crop Or the old crop mina min ha lechem, Except for Omer And sh lechem She'em ba'im Ela min hadash Min These items must come from Eretz Yisrael And from the new crop Because the pasuk says Min Moshe Botechem Moshe Botechem Teaches us It has to be from Eretz Yisrael Furthermore, it says, رَفْحُونَا بِشْيَمْ in the name of Ribia said that this is following the opinion of the Omer Ena Omer ba In Syria Because he clearly says That the Omer Cannot come from Syria And even though in Syria There were certain places That had Kiddushah Because they were Conquered by David Amalek Like Aram Naharaim And Aram Soba mm-hmm. But still he said You cannot bring from Syria So this is a proof That what He also could can only come from And it is Specifically again Omer and We learned Kerim There are ten levels Of Kiddushah Islamic. Israim Mekudesh Mekola Arasol when it comes to all the lands, Israel is more holy than all the lands. How does that kedusha manifest? Because we specifically bring Omer, Bikurim—that's the first fruits—and from Eretz Israel. which are not allowed to bring it to from other lands. Rabbi Chaya b'Shim Rabbi Yirmiyah said. Rabbi This is also going to the Rabbi that says what Rabbi Shmayerli l'mad in in that He says what the omer cannot come from Syria, So again, we see the Rabbi must be the author of that Mishnah as well. Tamar We learned in Massechet, Shavuot. Rabbi Shmayerli omer. Rabbi says. Now we have a pasuk in the Torah. The pasuk says beharish u'bakatzin. Tushbot, which means that you have to rest From plowing and planting That is a great machlok at how to learn this pasuk Between Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva understands this pasuk as referring to uh, Rabbi Akiva understands it's referring to Shemitah Meaning in the Shemitah year You can't plow And you can't plant Rabbi Ishmael argues And says what do we have to me ready to teach me by Shemitah That you can't plow or plant so this pasuk he says is referring to Shabbat, meaning beharish or bakazit is on Shabbat you can't plow and you can't plant, beharish or bakaz or or reap. Katsir, I'm sorry, katsir means to reap. You can't plow and you can't harvest. Good, that's referring to Shabbat. Now, Rabbi Shmuel goes further and says that what type of harisha is asur? Well, there's only one type of harisha. All types of plowing are voluntary plowing. There's no mitzvah in the Torah ever to plow. So to just like harishah is voluntary ploughing, so to harvesting that's a on Shabbat is voluntary harvesting. Ah, but as opposed to mitzvah harvesting, when is there a mitzvah to harvest? On the second day of Pesach, Pesach we have a mitzvah to bring the Korban and to cut from the from the new. Wait. Et, etan. Now let's say that falls out on a Friday night, which is Shabbat. So the new crop. So therefore, now let's say that falls out on Friday night Shabbat So you have to cut it on Shabbat So the Hadus of Rabbi Ishmael is what? That the Omer is Dochei Shabbat Again, Becharish or bekatsir tishbo. What type of katsir? Katsir Shel Nishush However, katsir Shel Choba is going to be Mutar oh, So what do you see from over here? This also must be going to be Ishmael. Because if you held that you're able to import and bring the Omer from Chudsta Aris, why would we tell you to be Mihalel Shabbat? Just bring the Omer from somewhere else. Ela must be what? That it's going like Rabbi Ishmael. We'll see. Why should you have to be Mihalel Shabbat? Elah, bring it from somewhere else. So comes the Gemara and says, Tamantanina, we learned, we'll see this inside, Tamantanina, we learned in a Mishnah, in Masih Kachimga'i, Tamish Ma'il Ma Harish Reshut. Just like the Harish, the plowing in the Torah is talking about, voluntary plowing, Af Katsir Reshut. So to the uh, harvesting is talking about, right. voluntary. Yatsa Katsir HaOmer, mitzvah. What comes out of Katsira HaOmer, which is the Mitzvah, that will be permissible, it will even be Doche' Shabbat. Good. Rabbi Ishmael Kedate. Actually, Rabbi Ishmael is going according to his opinion. This is Rabbi Ishmael, by the way. Mm-hmm. So Rabbi Ishmael is consistent. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he said that the Omer cannot be brought from Syria. Which is according to Rabbi Ishmael that said that the Omer can only come from Eres Israel. So therefore, what are we trying to say? Like this. Just like the Omer is Dohe, Shabbat. Yeah? So the Bishmael will say, the omen is docheh shemitah. Which means, let's say now you're in the shemitah year. Alright? So the Bishmael is going to say, normally you cannot harvest in the shemitah year. But the Bishmael holds, you can actually harvest in the shemitah year, the, uh, the, 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 the wheat, in order to bring it for the Quran. What do you see from over here? Hmm. That it's Dohe shemitah, just like it's Dohe shabbat. It will be Doheh Shemitah. That's the proof. Again, the proof again is, the Ishmael holds what? Rabbi no yeah. Ishmael have no choice. Which is, in Shemitah, if you had an option to go to Chush it's beautiful, go to Syria and get the uh, get the produce. Elohim must hold what? what? Since you cannot go to Suni, what do you got to do it? In Israel. Now, if you do it in Israel, what do you mean? But you're breaking the rules of Shemitah. The beast was consistent because he also says you can break Shabbat for Kitzirat Haomer so just like you can break Shabbat for Kitzirat Haomer you can also break Shemitah for Kitzirat Haomer the proof is understood Good. But we just like Biharimakatsi teaches me that you doha Shabbat for so to you Shemitah for Kitsita, and that 's obviously a friend of Shitato because otherwise I tell you go to syria it 's going to syria island, you must hold that what you can 't go to Syria, therefore you have no choice but to the Shemitah. Says, Who is the author of the following statement? We said that those watchmen that were watching the uh, fields, right, in order to make sure that the animals do not eat all the produce so they can bring it for the. Uh, uh, we pay them from the Terumah Talashka, we pay them from the shekadim. So the government wants to know whose opinion is this. So comes the and says, Rabbi Bishma'ili. this must be following Rabbi Ishmael. Because again, why would we have to put guards? Just go get the Qita uh, from Surya. It must be that you can only get it from Enes Yisrael, that's why we have to put guards in order to protect the fields. Uh, I could even say that it's going according to all the rabbis even the rabbis that say you can get from so if they can get from why am I paying guards to watch the fields because just in case it's an insurance just in case you don't find Haita in Suria so now at least we have a backup plan that we can have the guards that protect the fields of Eretz Israel so therefore the guards were placed according to Everybody, even according to the Shita of the, that says you can take the produce from Husta'areh. So it's a backup, exactly. It comes to give it says sense. Hahin Omer, regarding the Mizvah of Omer, Maushi is not a Let's say there's no produce in Eirz Israel during the Shemitah. So we said that, what? you put guards there, you reap it, it's not a problem. It's duhir. The question is, let's say there's nothing left. Could you even plant? Could you go so far to actually plant the um, uh, produce in Shemitah in order to use it for the Kurban which is How far did we go? Says, so he asked this question uh, in front of the Bimana, which means, he could not understand what's the question. How could you even ask the question? For sure you cannot plant. Why? What was his problem? Because we have a law like this. When you bring a minha, the queen makes kimitzah. Now he scoops up some of the flour, and he puts it on the Mizbayah, and then the rest of the menha is eaten. But the law is like this. The kimitsah is only kasher to put on the mezbayah if the shirayim are, if the leftovers are viable, if they're edible. But if the shira'im are not edible, the kimitzah is not viable, and therefore the mincha is not legitimate. So Rabbi Manaz is asking, what's your question? We know that you can't eat produce of shemitah, specifically produce that was planted in shemitah. It's asur to eat it. So that means when well, they're going to make the kimitzah of this omir, automatically the shirayim are asur. So therefore the kimitzah is going to be asur as well. So what's the question? Vaday you cannot plant because even if you planted your omen is not going to be good because the shirayim are not edible therefore you can be tzad, you put on them as well as not good therefore what's the question and how did he, how did he, how did he verbalize this question he said like this lo comets ala shirayim sheen nechalim you're not going to have comments because the shirayim is not going to be considered if you remember, we learned the Masiket Pesachim, that there are five types of korbanot that are brought betumah. Even though you cannot eat them because they are betumah. One classic example is Korban Pesach. The Korban Pesach was brought betumah, even though they didn't eat the Korban Pesach betumah, but they were Yotze Korban Pesach. Which means we learned the Pesachim Hamishah, reading you the Mishnah Pesachim Hamishah, the Varim Baim Betumah, Ven Nechim Haomir, Ustah Nechim. I will review what I said by Pesachim. Pesachim is the exception that it's brought bitum'ah, and it's eaten bitum'ah, because as we learned in Pesachim, the whole purpose of Quran Pesach is for eating. So Quran Pesach is the exception. But five other things are brought bitum'ah, even though you cannot eat bitum'ah. One of the things we learned was, omen and shteal lechim. So therefore, no problem. The question is back. back. Can you plant? Ah, you're not going to be able to eat? So what? This would be similar to a case of, a shirayim that was betum'ah. And still the Gemara Pisaim says you can bring the comets. So not eating is like it's tamer, meaning it's not viable, so therefore the comets still will be good, therefore the chowrat should be permissible. Now the Gemara does not answer this question, it leaves it a question, but based on the Logic, it should be acceptable. Because it shouldn't be worse than a uh, shirayim of Omeh that became Tameh, that still we say the Komets is legitimate. Comes the Gemara and says, We learned in the Mishnah, Okay, we learned in the Mishnah, that we had these watchmen watching the produce, in order... To see to it that okay. they'll have... So they can plant the l- No, no, they what? can't plant okay. the Chetreidah. Oh, no. The question was, if they don't have okay. can they plant? Right. We don't know. So, no, so according to the logic, it's, even though the Gabbana doesn't answer it, logic uh-huh. will dictate they can. Because it's not going to be worse than okay. if it became Tameh, where we said it's brought Tumah, even though you can't eat the Shinaim. Okay. So even though I can't eat the Shinaim either, the okay. comments will be legitimate. Now the Gabbana is going to discuss the following issue, and I'll speak to the outside first. We had these watchmen. What was the purpose of these watchmen? You need new uh, produce for the korban omer It's shimita. Animals are running wild in the field, eating everything. And the omen has to come from the new crop. It's got to come from the new crop. So we got to make sure that there's at least some new crop to bring omer Very good. So we put these guys there to watch and we've got to pay them. The question is now going to be how do you pay them? Why? Because normally, if you're going to pay them from the Shekalim, the Shekalim are Kodesh. Now whenever you make a transaction, the Kiddushah of the coins of Maazit Sheikh uh, have to go off onto something else. The coins become Cholin, and the Kiddushah goes to something else. For example, when they bought a Korban. When they bought a Korban. They bought a Korban Ola. They pay. The Kiddushah goes off the coin on the animal. The problem is, if they're going to take the Shekalim and pay these workers, what is it going on? Work is... It's not a tangible. So how could they pay them with Shekhalim Where's the Kedushah of the Shekaleen gonna go? go? The so fire? therefore, the Gemara has to figure out a way. How do you pay these guys? Right. So what the Gemara is gonna say is, no problem. We borrow money from the money changers. Hmm. You let the money changers pay them up front for their work. Okay. Once the Quran HaOmen is cut and they're ready to bring it, at that point, what we do is, uh, we pay back the money changers, the money of the Shekel now goes on the Omer, goes to the Omer, and those Shekel now go to Khalid. The only problem, the I is going to say, is that it's... Let's say they do work, uh, they're standing there watching the, the product for a long time. Whatever it, it costs. It's type of arbitrary, it costs $100. Okay? So you have to give them the $100. The only problem is, the Omer itself is so small in Shi'ur, its let's say its value in totality is five dollars so technically you can only redeem five dollars worth of Shekaleen so, so you can't pay them full price because there's no way you can get them the hundred dollars you can't pay them from Shekaleen and you gotta pay back the Money changes, that are not lending us the money. Switch. So, therefore, the Gemara is going to say, You're right, you don't pay them full value. You just pay them the value of what the uh-huh. Omen is. That's the maximum you can pay them. And that's what the Gemara says. Gemara says, How did they pay the uh, watchmen? So it says, mm-hmm. They would borrow money from the money changers. They would pay the Shomanim until the Omer was actually brought. They wanted to give their money right away. Now, once the Omer was brought, They bring money from the Shomanim, and they transfer the Kedushah, the money, to the Omer, and then the money is Qulim. Now, Gemara says, The tabut ken? Is this legitimate? Which means they're going to get, they're not going to get full value of their work. Because the Omer, as, as, as the Teknina Khatin explains, the Omer was sifted in 13 different sifters. So by the time you got to the shi'ud of the Omer, it was very minimal. And therefore, how are you going to have the amount of work, which is let's say in our case $100, going to be transmitted to an Omer, which is much less. So the Gabbara says, You're right. Rabbi Ahab, Rabbi Ba. Which means, whatever you're going to give them, that's what they were getting paid from the beginning. Based on what the final amount of the Omid is going to be. Which means, you're right, we do not pay them full value. Now the Gibraltar is going to say a similar case. The guys that used to be in charge of the quarries of the stones in order to build the walls around, let's say, the Beit HaMikdash, they also got paid from the Terumat So the Gemara says, How did you pay them? Again, you take regular unsanctified money from the money changes, and you pay the workers. You pay the quarriers, and the ones that were chiseling the rocks. Before the rocks were actually placed on the Walls. However, once the rocks were placed on the walls, now you can transfer the shikalim to the rocks. And then what would they do? They would take the money from the shikale, the kedushah would go on the rocks. Now the money of the shikalim is khuli, they can pay back the money changes. Money changes. So the gibbera is, with tabootkin. Same question. Yeah. Is that good? Because bottom line, the value of the rock itself is not as much as the work. The value of the work that they paid. So how are you going to transfer the money of Sheikh Karim to pay the workers on something that is not as valuable as the work itself? But the first time you're paying them, you're paying them the value or just the... No. The sh- no. The, you're borrowing money just to pay for the bottom line of the rock's value. That's what the Gabbana's answer is. So money, That's the Gabbana's question. The Gabbana says, The Gabbana says, is this is this legitimate? How how can you pay them? How can you pay them full value? There's no way to, 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 to transfer the the coins. The says you're right. Whatever you're giving them, the workers you're giving them based from the beginning, based on what the shooting of the rock is. Of course, you cannot pay them really for their actual workers. there's no way to get them the money. So you're right. If you work for the beth din watching the fields or. Uh, making the stones, you're not getting paid full value. Halakha Bet Matnitin The Mishnah begins. Para. <clears throat> para is referring to the Para Aduma. The Mishnah is going to tell us that the money that pays for the Para Aduma comes from the Tirumat Halashka from Mahazitah Sheikh. The Hadus of the Mishnah is that even though the paraduma is not slaughtered inside the Beit HaMikdash, even though it's slaughtered outside the Beta HaMikdash on Harah still, since the Torah calls it Hatat, so it has a deen of a Korban Hatat, and therefore it is used... It is uh, bought or purchased from the money of Shekalim That's the sa'id, that's the goat that's sent on Yom Kippur That's thrown off the mountain Again, the Hidush is even though it's not a Qurban inside the bet HaMikdash But since uh, the, pro- the procedure was that they would take two goats and then they would make a lottery. One goat would be for Azazel and one goat would be for the Mizbayah. So you didn't know which goat was going to be on the Mizbayah or not. So therefore both goats were bought from proceeds of the Shekalim. And then, of course, one was sent off to Azazel and one was put on the Mizbayah. V'edashon The red string, the taklin Hatin explains that this red string was referring to the red string that was used in the Para aduma process. And the Paraduma, besides burning the Paraaduma, they would take an it's it is an ezov. They would take a cedar piece of cedar tree and also a hisab, Ushni that's the red crimson string, and they would tie them together and they would throw it into the into the fire of the para. So that string, that red string, also was considered Sorekh para, and therefore was used coins. Ba'im So these items come from Trumat Kevesh para. That was the ramp that was used for the para Duma. What does this ramp mean? They made a ramp from Yerushalayim, from the Betta Magdash until and the Paradumah would walk over this ramp. What was the purpose of this ramp? They were concerned that maybe there's metim buried in the ground. And if the panah is going to walk on that ground, over that ground, it's going to be a ma'ahil. It's going to make an oil over the mid and become tamih. So they created these types of a uh, ramp so like a bridge that the paraduma can walk on. Now under this bridge there was a tefah space. So therefore even if there was Tumah there, the, the roof of the ramp would stop or interfere with the Tuma from going further. So therefore the Paraduma would remain Tahor. So that's Kevesh para the Sa'id They also made ramps to transport the sa'ir on Yom Kippur to Azazel. The reason why they did this was because the Gebaray Yoma says the Babylonian Jews would pluck out hairs of the Sa'id HaMishtalech. So in order to protect the sa'ir. Until it gets to its final place So they would elevate it on these ramps Furthermore the red string That they placed between the horn of the Said and Mishtalaya Because the custom was they put a red string between his horns And half that string they would put in the <clears throat> After the Said was thrown down the mountain The red string would turn white As a sign that the sins of the Jewish people Were forgiven that's referring to the uh, stream of water That ran through the area of the Bet Magdash. They used that to clean the Azara That would be the walls of the city of Migdolotea And its buildings That would be all the needs of the city Meaning fixing the roads of the city for that matter Digging the cisterns and the wells for the water This would come from the leftovers of the Shekel Which means we learned in the previous Mishnah That they had a Collection of the Shekalim. After they collected the Shekalim, after the first season, they would put a leather... Um mat over the shekalim, and anything that was left underneath it in the box was considered sheyareh Alishka. So all these items that we just mentioned above come from the leftovers of the shekalim. Abba, Abba Shaul said, para He argues, and says, regarding the ramp that was made for the parah, says the koanim gedolim themselves would pay from their own pocket. And the gebarah Mishnah continues, motar The leftovers of the shi'are l'shka, meaning after they took the leftovers of the shekalim and bought all these items that we just mentioned above, let's say they still had leftover proceeds. So those leftover proceeds were called motar shi'are l'shka. Now you what did they do with them? They would buy wine, oil, and flour. And they would resell it to people that were coming to the Bet Mekdash that needed it for their menachot. And the profit that they made would go to Hekdash. This would be the words of the Bishmail. The Biakiva Omer, said, and m'stakirin b'shel higdash. The Rabbi Akiva says you do not do business with higdash. Why? Because there's a chance that the prices might go down and Higdesh might mm-hmm. lose money. So therefore, we cannot take a risk on higdash money. Af no m'shel anayim. Nor can you uh, do business with the money that was collected for the anayim. I Meaning you want to invest it, let's say. But you're right, maybe you can make money, but you can also lose money. Therefore, you cannot take that risk with the money of the anayim. And the Mishnah continues. Motara Tiruma, The leftover of the tiruma That's referring to after they emptied out the sh- Cut him to the three boxes, Aleph, Bet, and Gimal. If there was any leftover from those three boxes, what did they do with them? They would use it as um, gold tiles, or gold plates, I should say, that were used to plate the floor and the uh, ceiling, the, the, the floor and the walls of the Kodesh kodashim. The Omer Bishmael perot. What did they do with the remnants of the Prophet? Meaning the profit that they made from selling the uh, Shemanim, the Slatot, and the Yenot, what do they do with that profit? So he says, Kayitzah Mizbayach. They would use it for is Mizbayach. The word Kayitzah means dessert. Now in this case it means that they used to keep the Mizbayach constantly uh, fueled with Korbanot. So you would spend the money on Korbanot for the Mizbayach. Motar Terumah, the leftover of the Terumah Chikalim, lekli Sharet. So the Bishma would say you could even use it for... The holy vessels, because he the holy vessels are like Kurbanot, meaning they come to serve the Kurban, so therefore you can use the leftover shikalim even for Kli Sharet. Rabbi Akiva says, He says, no, that can only use the leftover money of the Shekalim for Kayet because since they were designated to Kurbanot when they collected them, so therefore you can only use it to spend for Kayet which is the Kurbanot on the Mizbeah. But the leftovers of the money of Nesachim, which we don't know what that is yet, we'll see that on the uh yid Al Famudishon, uh we'll wait for that to explain it. That is that is used for Khrichareth. I'm harina se gana ko'anim. Ifana Koanim said, Motan the Sahim That the leftovers of the money of the Sahim go for Kaitzah Mizbayah, Motara Tirumah, the Where the Motar Tirumah goes for Khali So we have a mahloq rubber between the Biyah Akiva and Bahina Segana Koanim. Where the says motar turma goes for kaitzamizbeach, and of halinas is motara turma goes for klisharet. Zevazel But both the and the biachiva agree that you are not allowed to sell. Or, or, or buy shemanim shlatot en yenot and resell it for a profit because again in mistakirim b'maot shel higdish comes give an answer kevesh parah rebi shmuel b'nahman the there were three different red strings shel Sair, there was the one that was placed on the goat between its horns besela it, its weight was a sela a sela is two shekalim that was its measure in weight shel metzora in the procedure to Mithahir and Mitzulah, you also needed to take a piece of its Erez and Ezov, and they were tied Bishni Tola'at, Bishekil, but its weight was half the weight of the uh, of the Sa'ir, which was only a Shekel. Shil Parah, and the uh, string, the red string of the Parah aduma was mentioned Bishet Rabbi Rabi Hunya Dibret Kavrin, Ba Bar Zabda, Bishib Rabi Shimon bin Hadafta, Shil Parah Bishet Selayim, that the one of the Parah aduma was actually two and a half, uh, sela'im. They eat the mafkin, the shnab, And some say, in a different lashon, they say ten zoos. Ten zoos is another way of saying two and a half sela'im, because each Selah was four zoos. So therefore, some say two and a half sela'im, and some say ten zoos. The Talmidei Hakhamim that were hired. To teach the Kohanim Hilchot the laws of Shechita; Hilchot Kabbalah, the laws of receiving the blood; Hilchot Zedikah, the laws of sprinkling the blood. They would receive their payment from again the monies of the Shekalim. The Mefashim explain over here how can they get paid? The money is Kodesh, and there's nothing for the uh, Kodesh to be me- mehalel on. It's not like on the other case where we talked about the Omer or we talked about the stones. Here, there's no product. It's just their teaching. So the mepaishim explained that lev bedin That betting would make a stipulation on the coins that the Kirushah would go off it was done by Betin in order to pay the rabbis or the Hakamim to teach the kohanim those that were in charge of checking the korbanot from blemishes so they would uh, get paid from the what did they have to do when somebody would bring a korban they had to inspect the korban to make sure there's no blemishes on it that would render it pasul. now the reason why they didn't get paid by each individual person is because we were concerned about a trickery over here where maybe the ones that are checking for the mumim will gouge the prices in order to give a Kosher ruling Which means they'll exhort money From the uh, people In order so that uh, They'll uh, be guaranteed A, uh, a kosher uh, ruling So in order that They should limit the scams So what they did was They said you get set Price paid from the Talishka Rabbi Acha Rabbi Tarhum Bar-Haya Bishab Simlai Sefer Azara The ones that were in charge Of checking the Sefer Torah in the Azara The Mefashim explained That was the Sefer That was used in yeah. to, to read on uh, Yom Kippur in the Azara So they have to check it from time to time So therefore it was the Magiyah was paid from the Money of the um, Nishka And some have a, uh, another text in this camera They learned Sefer Azra Sefer Azra was actually the Sefer That was the most miduyak Sefer Written by Azaz Sefer himself and they had that in the, the Beit HaMikdash and they would use that sefer to check other seferim. <laughs> Those that check the sefarim, they would get paid from the Trumat Gidal Bar Bin Yameen B'Shem Rav Isi says Gezelot Notlim He said that in Yerushalayim there was two judges that would sit and their job was to judge all cases of and Asot. Those were judges of fines which means all the different um, penalties that people would have to pay these judges would judge them they got paid from Turmat al You could ask a question What does that have to do with the Qurban? How can they get paid from Hasid Al-Shaykh? So some explain that this was referring to the Quhanim themselves that were in the Beit HaMikdash, that didn't serve correctly, they would get penalized. So they get penalized by these judges, so therefore the payment of these judges came from the Terumat they also affected the Kohanim. Uh, Shmuel Amar, God the Parochet, the ladies, that wo, uh, weaved the parochit, the curtain that stood between the Kodesh and the Kodashim in the times of the second Bettah Mekdash, Notlim They received their payment from the Trumatel Now let's review. In the times of the first Bettah Mekdash, there was actually a wall that was erected between the Kodesh, Kodesh and Kodesh Kodashim. In the second Bettah Mekdash, the ceiling of the Bettah Mekdash was 100 Amot high. And therefore, there was no way for them to put a, uh, a wall that was only an amah wide on the bottom and 100 Amot high on top. So therefore, instead, they made. Curtains. Now, the Mefarishim explained they made two curtains. They put one curtain on one side and one curtain on the other side and the Amma in the middle because they didn't know exactly that Amma, they didn't know if it belongs to the Kodesh or does it belong to the Kodesh Kodashim. So, what they did was they just made two curtains with the space of an Amma in between and that was to separate between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodashim. So, the question is, these curtains that were made, who paid for them? So, the Kibarah says they were paid with Trumat Halishka. The B Chana Amar mitumat betekabayit. Chana says no. That was paid actually from the treasury, from the betekabayit, from the maintenance fund of the beter megdash. Ma pedig? What's the machlokat over here between these two? Rabbi Shemuel avad looks at the curtains like a korban. Why? Because since the blood of the Quran was sprinkled on these curtains, so therefore it's Surah Quran, and therefore you pay from Trumat al-Shka. Ravuna Abad says no. we're looking at it like a structure, because since it came to replace the wall, and the wall originally was a permanent structure, so therefore the parochat also is considered a... Permanent structure, therefore, as a the kind of binyan. Therefore, it comes from pedikabayit. Amar of cheskiyat tanah uh, debiyuda gedgudot haketoret vechol korbanot sibur. The ketoret, which is the incense, the spices, and all korbanot sibur. Ba'im Mitrumatal So certainly they come from the Trumatalishka. hazahav, the Mizmahzah which is the golden Mizbah which is not attached to the ground. It was movable. It was metal And for that matter all the holy vessels, Ba'im Mimotan Sahim, they came from the money of the Nisahim of the extra money of the wine Mizbacha Ola, Mizbacha Ola, was the Mizbaat that they put the Quran Ola it was permanent, it was built into the ground, it was non-movable Ba'ekhal, the is the chamber of the Beit megdash Hazarot are actually the courtyards Ba'im, now we have to change the text over there That would be Mileshkat Beit They came from the, the treasury of the Beit بيت. Again, these items were all sturdy structures what do they have in common? The Mizbaha was attached to the ground. It's considered, the considered Binyan. They have the Hekhal, the Azarot, These are all infrastructure. And if it was paid not from Shekali, but it was paid from the treasury of the Better the maintenance fund. Khuts the but the different areas that were outside the Azarot, for example, Azat Nashim, the Hail, the bigger courtyard, the Humata'ir, the walls of the city and its buildings, ba'een which means it came from the leftovers of the mahasita Shekin Comes <laughs> again and says But what do you mean? How can you say that? We learned them is The stones of the Their stones It's possible to make On these items Which means if somebody used them for their personal use They transgress the suit of Now we know We learned earlier that the money that was left over from Machasit And there's no Me'ilah on that money. So therefore, how could it be that the things you bought with that money that should to be mu'il? So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. is the Me'ilah with of the is the of the Teruma. So comes the Gemara and says, mm-hmm. Must be going like the be Meir. The be Meir Amar Mo'adim B'Shirayim. The be Meir are Y'Mo'el with the leftovers of the Shekalim. And therefore, whatever you buy with those leftovers also will be subject to Me'ilah. Why did the Bimir say there's ma'ilah on the leftover coins? When you're still within the year of the collection of those shekalim. However, Which is we're talking about after the year is over, which is after the year is up, even the Bimir agrees that there's no ma'ilah on these coins, and therefore the back to this question, how could you tell me that they spent from the she'ilah lishkaah, for the echalot and for the Azalot, and these things over here, when we know it says, that there's merilah, these items. Can't be. If it was spent from the Shiar El-Hishka, it would not be merilah. So the Gemara leaves that in a question. Amen